Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, you're with Trish Posterino and Valerie Farfalla on Arts Express, 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am, digital, podcast and streaming live from 3cr.org.au and available online later today. Our guests today are Los Angeles-based dancer Ralph Yassett, Aka Rubberlegs, yes. <laughs> who performs William Forsyth's new work, A Quiet Evening of Dance, at the Arts Centre State Theatre for Melbourne International Arts Festival. And later we have actor, writer-director Lisa Brickle um, and Ruth Dudding, director, uh, in Mockingbird with Siri Embler at the Butterfly Club. And that'll be starting tonight. It's a black comedy about motherhood and mental health. But first of all, I'd um, like to welcome in um, Ralph. How are you? Good, how are you? Good morning, Ralph. And I believe you've had your first show last night. That's true. So how did it all go? It was beautiful. Fabulous. So happy to be here. Yes. I believe you got a standing ovation. Yes. You see, now we're on the right track here, aren't we? Oh, it's lovely. Ralph Yassett. So you're actually performing William Forsyth's new work, A Quiet Evening of Dance. And um, just to mention William Forsyth, he's um, one of the pivotal figures in contemporary dance and ballet. Um, and the actual show is a suite of four works that showcases the depth and breadth of Forsyth's practice. Um, can you tell us about the show and about this practice and how, how you got to star in this role? Um, it's um, a mix of existing works and new works. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to be part of it. It was my introduction to ballet. I've never done ballet before. Yes. So this has been all new to me. And um, what's been so beautiful is to see how ballet is related to hip-hop. Yeah. How much do I actually know already? And um, it's just been beautiful to be part of this production. How wonderful. And yeah. they um, they picked you out, William Forsyth and his team, saw some photos of you, where you do amazing contortions with your body <laughs> and you. just such flexibility. Now, was that where they thought this person would be ideal for the role? Was that one of the reasons? No, they came across those pictures years, years, years ago. Um, and... Then he reached out to me for a project three years ago that has been totally different from this project. It was an arts film for the Paris Opera. Yes. Um, so we met up for for the first time in Los Angeles, talked and realized we were on the same frequency. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. And you've got a Kurdish background. Exactly. And I think you were raised in Berlin. Is that Born right? and raised in Germany, yes. In Germany. And your father was a dancer as well. He was a, is a Kurdish folk dance teacher. Um that's how I got introduced to dance when I was four years old. Learned all the Kurdish traditional dances and which you performed at weddings. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I had to dance actually was three or four weeks ago at my brother's wedding. Oh, still bravo! <laughs> all the very oh. best. That's lovely. It's so all you... still in the body. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. So that would have been a very strong um, folklorish tradition and a cultural tradition and so it's sort of in the blood isn't it it's like going to an Italian wedding with accordion players and things it's all part of the culture it's a lot I have to say it's a lot of dancing and celebrating for 12 hours at the wedding non-stop dancing all different type of dances and they celebrate life family 
and connections. Exactly. Wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's very joyous and, and full of spiritual um, spirituality. It makes you very happy mm. and you value your family. Talking and of your family, is your father still in Germany? Is yes, he? my parents are still in Germany. Yes, and have you got siblings? Are they anything coming through as well? I or? have a lot of siblings. Yes. I have eight siblings. Wow, yes. how wonderful. And how many do dance or? They can all dance, ah, but I'm the only actual dancer yes, in the family. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So Ralph, you then moved on to the hip-hop uh, dance and that sort of music. And how did you find that? I was introduced to hip-hop with the age of 12. Mm -hmm. um, I was from a tiny city in Germany where there's not a lot to do. But I saw these paintings on the wall, the graffitis, mm. and immediately. I didn't know what it was, but I loved it. You connected so, to it. Exactly. Straight. So first I started to do mim the, mim mimic mm, those pa paintings. And then I found this local hall of, it's called Hall of Fame, where a lot of dancers meet, dancers and painters. And they used to be the world championship on that day and I saw this kid spinning on his head and I'm super competitive I was like oh, why can I not do it I need to learn it and uh, immediately I did my research found a local spot and got introduced into dance and here I am wow. so did you do dance training as well no not at all okay. breaking is based off on building your own language yeah they introduce you to a few steps and this is what's so beautiful about the hip-hop is at the really young age, you can express yourself. There's it's, no right There's a met, lovely metaphor of impro and flexibility Yeah, that, that's very much married to the whole background of it, isn't it? Exactly. Mm. And um, it was hard for years, but the time with the internet now, I'm so grateful to have gone through the process of being self-taught because this is, I have my own language. Mm. And uh, this is what people recognize you for. And, right. and it made me the person who I am. And I had a chance to m meet my idols, collaborate with people that I never thought I would even meet. Give us an example. Um, William Forsythe. Oh, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> and this is important that we do talk about William Forsythe. So tell yeah. us about him as well. Okay. He was the creator of the show that you're in. Yep. Um, one word, genius. Mm. and uh, his feeling and knowledge for movement. And I've, I've seen people mix hip-hop and ballet, but not like that. This is, he's one of a kind. And um, sometimes when I, we exchange ideas of movement is what would be totally weird for someone else, he can see exactly what you mean. Mm -hmm. And this is what makes me feel so happy and good and go back and Understood. Tra train more. Yes, exactly. <laughs> mm. But Lovely. you get to still put your imprint on the, you interpret the dance as well. Excuse me? You bring your interpretation to it as well. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, which he respects. Exactly. And this is what I'm grateful for. It's I've worked with choreographers before where you come and they're like, oh, and then you walk in and you do your thing and then you walk away from the job and you didn't learn anything. No. Where here I'm... Yes. He pushes me out of my comfort zone, and I'm so grateful yes. for that because I'm way more inspired and motivated to create, work with more with ballet dancers and contemporary dancers. As you say, it makes work that's as physically demanding as it is conceptually rigorous. Exactly. So you're being stretched in more ways than one. Yes. And yet what you bring to, 
to it, um, according to those photos, is this amazing flexibility which you have with your body. Now, <coughs> now tell us about that because it's very unusual. Uh, just looking at those photos, you're sort of a contortionist. It's people think, yeah, people say it's contortion. I use the flexibility as a tool. Yeah. Um. To to find more. To use my body more. It's like instead of lifting my arm just forward, I'm going to go backwards too. Mm, so, yes, I, I understand. Exactly. Mm. Um, it's was very inspired by yoga. Yeah. I was, that you we took the words out of my mouth. Do you practice yoga? No, not at all. It's just all part of integrated. I, I saw these internet uh, pictures on the internet 15 years ago of people in these crazy yoga positions and I was like it reminds me of breaking yeah those poses and then I'm like mm, let me try this on one hand and then let me try it on my elbow and from there you just develop so experimental too isn't it to- totally as you said to- it's a wonderful journey and it's been the same now with ballet being introduced to the posture of the hands I am reviewing everything that I've done and I'm looking how can I mix it with what I learned from William Forsyth so Genius is repeated. <laughs> a lot of discipline in that. But you've also worked as a freelance artist in both design and dance and photography as well. Yeah. So you combine those skills. Photography has been a huge process of creation for me. I always photograph everything, look from which angle does it look right. It's visual, isn't exactly. it? And mm-hmm. then, of course, the internet came. Then the pictures have to look nice. Yeah. And uh, so it's... A style you develop yeah. as well. And that got me into design and finished my diploma as a 3D designer in Switzerland. Oh, great. And uh, that's been so helpful to think in 3D space, hmm. how to align objects. Um, Especially with uh, your dancing, I guess. Exactly. It helps back and forth. I was hmm. just talking about it this morning, hmm. how much my dance influenced my design work and design influenced my dance work. That's fantastic. It's a, you know, I just sort of <laughs> see that the... You know, like your trajectory going in, even into painting and art, you know, because it's you're very much visual person. Because dance is as though it's it's physical. It is so much visual. If it doesn't please the eye, well, totally, it's, we've lost. You know, totally you've lost visual. the audience. Talking of the audience, I mean, the state theatre is a wonderful theatre for you, and to have a standing ovation for it last night, and I think it's wonderful from the seventeenth to the 21st mm-hmm. of October. I hope you do come back and give us some more of your genie. I would love to come back. It's been <laughs> yeah. so We've taken the genie out of the bottle <laughs> and now we've got the genius. <laughs> That's great. At what time does it start? Uh, the night? show starts at 8. Yes. And <clears throat> how do people get tickets? Um, Through the State Theatre? Would you would Yes, yes. Yeah, Melbourne no, International can, Arts yeah. Festival. Melbourne Arts. Of course, so yes. So people can get tickets through the website, Melbourne International Arts Festival. <laughs> Absolutely. Just Google it. A quiet evening of dance. Please and come, don't William, it. <laughs> uh, It's William Forsyth, but my goodness, uh, it's been such a pleasure to meet Ra- Ralph Rosette this morning and to hear about your wonderful um, background. How and do we say it? Yes, it? Yes, it. Yes. Uh, oh, Aka rubber legs. Yes. <laughs> Aka, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's been lovely to meet you. And thank, thank you, you so me. much. Good thank luck you so with much. your wonderful show. And thank please, you. I hope you do come back to Australia. I want to. Yes, wonderful. Thank wait. you. Thanks very much. Thank you.
I'm Kelly Santon performing Sax Farad Express on 3CR Melbourne who support women in jazz. Before we get on to our next guests, just want to let everybody know that the Darwin Music Feast starts today and goes to the 28th of October. So it's 11 days of non-stop music. It's a terrific Darabin Council's annual celebration of songwriting and music with 120 events across 26 venues. And, and of course, sorry, wonderful. yeah, I was going to say the to head that was uh, Bohemian Nights at um, with Ernie Gruner, who we had on last week um, on violin, mandolin, and vocals, and Phil Carroll accordion and vocals. So um, Ernie is a real staple in our our um, folk, you know, parade, you might say. Um, but it'll be lovely to hear from. Um, the Bohemian Nights, um, Sunday, October the 28th at 5.30 at Open Studio. But they're all part of the Darabin Music Feast, which you, you were going to say there's some really terrific shows. There are. But now we want to move on to our next guests. And um, we have um, actor, writer, director Lisa Brickle, who performs Mockingbird with Siri Ambler at the Butterfly Club. From tonight, it's a black comedy about motherhood and mental health, and we also have here Ruth Dudding, who's the director of the show. So, welcome to you two. Welcome you. both of you. Lisa and Ruth, it's, uh, it sounds fabulous. Um, it goes until the twentieth of October. A black comedy about m- motherhood and mental health. Now, this this sounds like um, postnatal depression. Is that part of it? That's part of it. Yeah, postnatal depression and psychosis. So it's raising awareness around these issues, but also just generally motherhood mm. and and the kind of comedy that can be found, the, the black comedy that can be yes, found yes. of having a new baby and that yes. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it's you a shock to, to the system, you? isn't if, it? If you don't have the comedy, you could <laughs> be really despairing. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I think that um, you said based on true stories, Lisa and Siri, who's not here today, but weaving a tale spanning four generations. So this is all about um, uh, going back to you, you obviously talk to mothers and grandmothers and. Yeah, so it's based on actually my own story and my mother, her mother and her mother's story. So yes. it's my what female happened? ancestors. Yeah, so that's the basis of it. Um, mm. And then just. And then we also join forces with researchers from Western Sydney University. Mm. So they've done a whole lot of research into women admitted into, um, back in the day, they called it asylums. Yes, yeah. uh, It was terrible the way it was treated. And so it was all kind of, they should look back at all the medical records and so on. So um, that's been incorporated into the script. But Mm. yeah, so back to your original question. So it's based on my fear of motherhood, <laughs> yes, and yes. fear of commitment, and more yes. sexes than one. And I think more mothers would, uh, you know, having to be the perfect mum mm. is just such a terrible thing to sort of keep up the face. People must go through this a lot more than yes. than is widely known. Yes, a lot of pressure there. Yeah, I, I was going to say yes. living up to previous and and also the anticipation that you may make the same mistakes, hence mm. Mockingbird, is it? Absolutely. Or, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Tell us about the, the title. Great, yeah. Ruth. Oh, me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really will have to give it back to Lisa because she wrote the, um, wrote the play as part of her MA um, some years ago and I think it came out of Mockingbird being a, being a nursery rhyme or a, or a tune that was Song. sung to her. Mm-hmm. And it's also a tune that goes quite a long way back in time, so it could be used in almost every um, iteration of the, the family 
story. Well, tell yeah. us, Lisa. Yeah. yeah. So. so, so this is a song that my mother sang to me when I was younger, and her mother sang to her, and her mother sang to her. Mm-hmm. So it's that song: "Hush, little baby, don't mm-hmm. say a word. Mama's, Mama's gonna, gonna buy you a mockingbird." It's a lot of people probably know. Mm-hmm. So that it originally came from that, and the idea of passing things down through the generations. Mm-hmm. And then also, after a show once, somebody came up to me and said. I've got it. I know what the title's all about. And I said, mm-hmm. tell me. <laughs> and they said, well, because there's one character in it that is a Comedia dell'arte character, half-mask character, um, and she is kind of a personification of the inner critic in our minds, saying, oh, you can't do that. You're not good enough. You're not a good enough mother. What do you think? That sort of – so she's become a character. And so she's a half-mask character, and she's very mocking. And she, her, her mask is a little bit like beak-shaped, slightly bird-like. So she said, she is the mockingbird. I've got mm. it. And I went, Fabulous. that's brilliant. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, art has a way of evolving like that, doesn't it? It, it does. speaks it? to us. Yeah. And that packing mm. – Pecking and that self-destructive pecking, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pecking away at you, yeah. 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 Because look, there's so much pressure on our mums to be perfect, and mm. I think many of us have felt that ambivalence. Um, I want to be here, but I'm I'm actually bored stiff, and I'd just love to get out and do. <laughs> I mean, you're not bored because oh, but how could you possibly feel like that? Mm-hmm. So, but to bring it to the black humour into it, I there's, think there's it's definitely that pressure beautiful. today. But mm. the story that Lisa tells goes back to when, uh, if if you didn't keep your house tidy, Committed. yeah, you weren't coping. Yes, mm. you weren't coping. Yes, or, and therefore um, off you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you get a visit, would you? Absolutely. The reasons for admission were incredible when we were reading the research. It was things like illegitimate child, so that's one of the stories in there, Mm, um, mm. not keeping a clean house, Mm. like you're saying, Um, trouble at home, which could be domestic violence, but the woman is committed. Oh, yes. Absolutely. It's not well. Yeah, yeah, that's frightening.ly true. And her husband would be the one who consented to ECT or yes, to being committed. Yes, Mm. so it's quite amazing when you start to to research. And then the the actual treatments that they had when they were in there. So, for example, the woman who's my great grandmother's based on, she was she had an illegitimate child, and then the treatment she had was uh, opium, brandy, and bromide, which is something that causes hallucinations. So, of course, then she's in there for life. You know, she's. Just a young 17-year-old. So she's had the this medicine to dry up the milk or something or something else? It, yeah, I'm, I'm not Because too, that's what went on. That's yeah, another horrible that's aspect. That's the other thing, to stop the... Yes, yeah, because the, the baby's lactation. taken away yes, and then yes. stop the... Yeah, so, so it's so, quite dark, some it of it. It is But that's dark. why you need humour. Yeah, because absolutely. you don't want to go to a depressing play about depression. You're going to no. feel terrible. No. So it's really using... Well, it's relief, isn't it's it? It's comic relief. Mm-hmm. Mm. And also the serious laugh, you know, that thing of laughing. And it actually makes you think a lot more than just mm. if you go to something very serious and it's very serious. Well, if you're feeling being preached at. Exactly. And one way we bring mm. the humour is through the music. So the music runs all through. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Tell, the, tell us about the music, and singing, yeah. And um, making songs out of all these amazing um, medications and treatments. And, and th- t- tell us about the songs. Yeah, so that. some of the songs are about, like, for example, postpartum affective disorder presenting around the puperium, you know. <laughs> so some of the medical <laughs> terminology. Yes. And then we just Googled all the words that are used for 
you know, um, mad or whatever you mm. want to call it. Mm. And it's incredible. We came up with it. So we made a song with using all of these different Nuts, words. Crackers, yeah. yeah. Cuckoo and all of that. <laughs> so some of it, but some of it's really to create mood. Some of it's for transitions. And then we have quite a few original songs going through as well. You've also got a lot of physical um, comedy in it. And I think you've been trained in, in clowning and other aspects, haven't you? Yeah, we both trained at Ecole Jacques Lecoq in Paris. Oh, yes. lovely. Um, which is a physical theatre uh, school. Lovely business I, card. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think a lot of um, mm. performers in Melbourne would mm. identify with that. Mm. And um, so, yeah, movement is a really integral part of the of the show and, and playing this kind, kind of comedic, comedia dell'arte, half mass character who's also very physical. So there's a bit of dance, there's a bit of... Mm. Uh, well, it's yeah. so ironic that it's it's very much what's going on with the woman when she's going through, you know, mum's going through this, is that she has to put on sometimes a very brave face. Absolutely. And the comic, comic you know, is, doesn't always come through, but in her head she's feeling like sometimes like the world is, is not getting up. It's not... Mm. You know, it's and um, that's what one of this, this character does. She's the voices in the head. Okay, and, yes. Um, so it's kind of a personification of that. Mm. Quite dark, but but hilarious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you also mentioned suicide, and um, that's um, it's it's really important to raise awareness of postnatal depression, psychosis, and also suicide. And there's a strong link, isn't there, mm. between that? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that? Um, I mean, I think your daughter, um, as a nurse, has had mm. some training in yes. in that area. Mm. Do you think it's um, becoming more um, acceptable without the stigma? Is postnatal depression? I think things are changing definitely, more help. which is fantastic. Mm. Yeah, and you're more, helping that along. Yeah, and that's the aim of this play mm. really is mm. to reduce stigma and discrimination well, around it's like anything. It's if, if it's out there, yeah. and you're saying you're not alone, mm. isn't it? At the end of the day, it's. Because if you can alienate, you can send a person mad. So, and if they they can't put their hand up because they feel they're the only one that's gone through it all. Mm. But if you sort of uh, help somebody to identify that what they went through or going through is, mm-hmm. or, you know, there's help on the other side. Absolutely, and that's the you know isolation is the worst thing really. So mm. it's that thing of how can we build that community for ourselves, that kind of village for ourselves yes. that we all need. Yeah, and there's a lot yeah. to be done. And I mean, um, mm. we've performed this at several conferences, and for psychologists and clinicians, and mm. for midwives, um, and we've got a standing ovation in, in Sydney from right. from the, the the women at the conference Child there, family health nurses, um, yeah. because they really appreciated that theatre performance would bring out and open up these questions and make mm. them more uh, discussed and yeah more receptive to yeah, yeah. Mm. Th- that is so true and and feeling like then again the medical fraternity are saying um you know we we've got someone else on our side to help because things are changing there. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. even the fact that I use the word fraternity, ridiculous still. But, you know, what I'm saying, the medical practice is saying that we, um, you know, we've we've got s- some outside help sending the message out and yeah. helping us yeah. along, mm-hmm. you know, our journey yeah. f- to, to um, help people mm-hmm. return to health. So how can we all work together to do that? Exactly. All these different, you know, yes. theatre and from... In the medical profession and all walks of life, how can we work together to create that community, that village, that support network? Yeah. So there's also mm. Siri Embler. 
she's the musician mm-hmm. who plays keyboard and sings, and she's a Norwegian, and um, she has many other skills as well. But was uh, she's did that lead to you performing in in Norway? The show? Yeah, so we did perform in Norway this time last year, which yeah. was really interesting. We toured. And how the, was it received? Yeah, so we toured the west coast uh, mm-hmm. through all the fjords and went to some smaller places and some bigger towns, and it was really interesting because. You know, I'm thinking that Scandinavia is so much more advanced generally than mm. us down under. Mm. But actually they were saying that it's quite hidden still, mental yes. health in Norway. So to have this show really opened up a lot of stories and conversations and they really appreciated the, you know, that we did talk about and that we, they felt they could talk. So, yeah, it was really well received. And I, the one wonderful thing about the show is afterwards people come up and tell you their stories or their family stories or... You know, and it's quite an honour to hear all these different stories. Well, that's wonderful. Mm. So the show goes from uh, Thursday the 18th of October, which was last night. Tonight. Tonight, beg your pardon, (laughs) at 5.30. Wonderful time, Mm. you know. Straight after work. Yes, that's right. It's the Butterfly Um, Club. (laughs) The Butterfly Club. Yeah, to Saturday the 20th of October. So three nights. It's Mm. not enough. But hopefully we'll get Butterfly Club's a great venue, isn't so, it? Wonderful, so yeah. it'll be fantastic. So you can ring the Butterfly, or tickets are at the door. Mm, Is that right? That's right. Tickets are at the door, or just go online the Butterfly Club dot com. Beautiful. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Pleasure. Um, for yes, having, um, yeah. I want to thank Lisa Brickle, who's performing Mockingbird, who's Siri Ember at the Butterfly Club, and Ruth Dudding, the director. Are you going to be performing as well, or are you mainly directing? Well, interestingly enough, I, I'm, I've become the technician, and so I've had to learn how to operate lighting. Good on you! Right. It's the and, evolution and director, and we have one other director too, Giovanni Fuzetti, who's in Italy at the moment. That's yeah. fantastic. That's one. And we also had this morning we had Ralph Razit, who who will be Acca the Rubber Legs for um, for his show at the State Theatre. Yeah. Um, uh, at, for the Inter- Melbourne yeah, International yeah, Arts Festival. Melbourne International. So thank yes, you very so, much so for coming in. So, and uh, we're just going to go into Talk Back with Attitude and we're going to go out with a song called Sunshine on a Rainy Day from Christine Anu. So thanks very much. And Ralph, some um, uh, thing will be a quiet evening of dance if you've forgotten the name. Thank you. <laughs>